Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash iron from using upside to help pay for a vacation later this year download the free upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas use promo code game to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank you can cash out anytime right to your bank paypal or a gift card for amazon and other brands just download the free upside app and use promo code game for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank that's code game for a 25 cents per gallon bonus I like sucking. Come on, man. Legit Welcome to Legit Bat Rockfin. That's about as good as an intro as I'm going to get. This is our first video on Rockfin. It's going to, well, the audio is probably going to go out to some Patreon people, but uh, we're just going to try to keep it on here because I, I really want to focus on this platform because it looks cool and I'm having fun with it already. We have Mr. Mark Steves. As you can tell, he's having some computer problems. He's transitioning. He's transitioning, yeah. He's trans. We call that trans screening. (laughs) Yeah. That's transphobic. We're trans screening friendly here, so you're. I don't. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Itis. So, Mark, how did you get involved in this whole? Can you hear me? I'm here. We can. Pleasure to be here. How did you? How did you get in this? in general, in the conspiracy thing, but how did you get in with Sam fucking Tripoli and end up working for him? Because I want that job. It seems cool. Oh, no. What is this? A, a resume? You got a better resume than me you want to present? <laughs> no, not at all. I just want to know how that, how do you, how did you guys hook up? Like, how did you meet? Did you meet him first or did he hit you up to work for him or how did that work? Well, I'm glad you bring this up because I think, you know, that might be a good intro to everything we're going to talk about today, at least what I had in mind, you know, it can go any way you guys like, but I really think that my life up until this point has been a series of synchronicities, right? And um, if anyone's unfamiliar with what that means exactly, we can go into that. But what that means for how I met Sam Tripoli is like, I spent a lot of time searching for the truth in my life and eventually I found podcasting and then eventually I found tinfoil hat and naturally I became a huge fan. I started listening and one thing led to another uh, after listening probably for a couple hundred episodes, you know, as they were released every week, uh, I decided like, I got to go see, you know, tinfoil hat live, you know, Sam was coming to New York city. I don't live too far from New York city. So I took like the hour drive down there and, and uh, my sister actually lives in the city. So I was able to stay at her place that night 
And, um, you know, it was just coincidence that it happened this way, but I had this book that I really wanted to give him and I had an opportunity to give it to him. Um, after the show, he invited everybody to go to the Creek in the Cave, which for those who are comedy fans, the Creek in the Cave is like where a couple podcasts do their live podcasts. And it's, it's kind of like a, uh, it was a known comedy club in Long Island City, uh, Brooklyn, I believe, or, or Queens. And, you know, so it, it, it's not open anymore because of COVID, but so we, we meet there, Eddie Bravo's there, Sam Tripoli's there, and I have this bag that I made out of an EMF proof fabric, right? That I learned about through Matt Landman. And I have this book, The Kybalian, right? For those who can't understand my East Coast accent, that's spelled K-Y-A-B-L-I-O-N, The Kybalian, right? And it's allegedly written by three initiates, right? That's what they call themselves, the authors, uh, call themselves the three initiates. And what the book describes is the seven hermetic laws, right? And I, as a listener of Tim Fall Hat, really felt like Sam needed to know about this stuff because this was before Zero. This was before a spiritual podcast. And I think like there was a lot of dark topics that they would talk about and you would feel this sense of like doom, you know? And then you notice around 2019, Sam started talking to people that were a little more spiritual, a little more enlightened. His show started getting bigger. He started getting more guests. And I think there was a transition and I just, you know, coincidentally happened to be there, gave him the book, whatever. I didn't really think much of it that night because it didn't seem like, you know, I didn't feel like I was anybody special. I'm like, this is, I'm just happy he got the book. You know, I didn't expect anything from it. You know, it's not like my resume was hidden inside the book or something like that, you know, cause I actually never really had a job like the one I do for Sam. So one thing led to another and being a Patreon subscriber for his show, I was able to like message him through that and be like, Hey, I gave you the book. Did you read it? You know? And then he was like, yeah, let me have you on the show, you know, talk about it. Cause he was also really interested in the bag that I gave him the EMF proof bag. It's, it's basically, you know, a, a type of fabric that's weaved with either silver or copper sometimes and what it does is it prevents like your cell phone from emitting a signal through that fabric. So me personally, I use it in my coat pocket so that I can keep my phone in between, you know, so there's a barrier in between me and my, my phone and my coat. I think that, you know, has po possibly a, a beneficial effect on my health, uh, considering some of the studies that have been done uh, on cell phones, but yeah, so the one thing led to another. I go on his show, I come back on his show again on the Patreon. I come back on his show again. And funny enough, one of the Patreon shows I did with him ended up being released on his YouTube outside of his Patreon, you know, because normally people will just unlist the YouTube video and then throw it on their Patreon. But this time he, he made it public, so... I was like, oh no, like everybody sees this episode, Skull and Bones, Mark Steves, like I'm some kind of expert on Skull and Bones. Really, I just live close to where that all happens. And I do have like a personal story I can share with you later on uh, where I kind of interacted with them uh, in some way. And that's kind of what I talked about with Sam on that show. But um, yeah, so then, like I said, one thing led to another. And as Sam's transitioning to this more spiritual perspective, I did a show with him where I tried to explain synchronicity, right? Because I did this thing called the bowl meditation, B-O-W-L. And <clears throat> my co-host on my show, my family thinks I'm crazy. He and I worked at a farmer's market. And this really miraculous thing happened. Uh, $1,800 worth of gold fell on our table at our farmer's market stand. And we were just selling bread, you know, and you're, you're looking at me like, holy shit, you know, and me and him were like, whoa, like 1800, you know, like we didn't know how much it was worth then. But like when we found the piece of gold, I'm like, whose is this? And how did it get here? And it's a wealthy part of the state right where we were working at this farmer's market but 
after waiting a couple weeks to see if anyone would come back for it, because obviously it was like jewelry too. It was like on a necklace. It was like a bank gold piece kind of thing, you know? And then the one thing led to another three weeks goes by, nobody comes back for it. And it dawned on me. I'm like, I did this meditation. I did this bowl meditation. And I didn't really know what to meditate for. Cause it was like a manifestation thing that I learned about on the higher side chats, this old episode I was listening to while I was driving. And I just did the meditation in that moment. I paused the podcast. I did the meditation. I forgot about it. And in the meditation, you imagine something falling into the bowl and you imagine the bowl being like right here above your spine in this kind of place where your skull is kind of like a bowl, right? So you imagine that. And I just imagine coins because that associates with like wealth and earthly fortune, right? A tarot card uh, for coins and so on. And one thing led to another and this circumstance with the gold coin appears. And I didn't really think about that in the moment, but afterwards I'm like, oh, wow, maybe those two points connect. And I explained that to Jay and Jay's not really into all this stuff like I am. So he's like, what kind of black magic are you doing? You're like (laughs) summoning gold. I'm like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not summoning gold. My point is like, when I was in that moment of the gold falling on the table, the thought came across my mind, like I can keep this in my pocket and never tell Jay about this, or I can split it with him and tell him about it, you know, or, you know, also the possibility of giving it back to whoever owned it. Cause I know Jay's the type of person who's like, no, we have to return it, you know? So those two things were in my mind. And I'm, despite that, I'm like, no, I should tell Jay about that. I made the right decision. And because nobody came back and claimed it, him and I were able to split it 50-50 and benefit from it. And I ultimately think that that was like the karmic debt, like that basically was alleviated there. Like by making that decision to share it with Jay, it came into my life, you know? And if maybe I tried to hide it, who knows? Maybe somebody would have came back the next day and been, or the next weekend and been like, you know, Hey, give me my gold back, you know? So I really do believe in like the synchronicity and the coincidence stacking up far too great to be weighed into chance, you know, like it's not just chance and circumstance that these things happen. I think our minds, our consciousness are really connected to the world around us in a really amazing way. And that gold proved it to me. I talked about this with Sam and then he asked me to be the booker for his new show Zeros, the spirituality podcast. Cause he was asking me, he's like, you know, who should I have on the show? So I sent him a bunch of people like boom, 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 paragraph with each name and everything. Like it looked very professional. And I only was able to do that because I listened to so many podcasts, you know, and I, I have recall for all this stuff. And so yeah, one thing led to another and he was really impressed with the first couple of people I had booked for him. And and now I'm helping him book uh, a couple of his podcasts, including Tim Funnel Hat. So yeah, it's, you know, I'm really fortunate, but it's also a thing where like I made this decision to be in the position to spread truth for the greater good and not out of my own ego or my own free will. It's really about the ultimate will, the higher will of, of, us as a, as a collective humanity you know i think that's what uh i've been allowed to do by connecting sam with certain people that he might not have been able to have a conversation with without me as the conduit you know that's kind of really the essence of my job so thank you for giving me the opportunity to answer that question because i feel like you know it is interesting and it does kind of bring us into the topic of synchronicity uh, in a way but I'll yeah that's there. awesome do you, do you think it would have gone differently if you had uh <laughs> Like the guy had come back for his gold and you didn't give it to him. And uh, maybe you end up working for uh, like Alex or uh, Anderson Cooper or something like that. <laughs> you know, the, the most hellish thing you could think of. Yeah. I mean, it was never on my mind to be in this type of like media, entertainment, podcasting, anything. Like I liked having my own podcast. I had like a small podcast that I did for fun called The Bud Triangle. But it really didn't what that was about. be anything cool. Uh, and then when I started working for si- <laughs> smoking pot, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, 
started working for Sam, I um he was like, You gotta you gotta change that name, you gotta really make your own podcast. You know, he's a very motivational guy. He really tries to support everybody he talks to as much as he can, uh, with the little time he has to give everybody. And um and yeah, he kinda inspired me to like make my own podcast and then the name my family thinks i'm crazy kind of came to me in a funny way and like i was just gonna ask you about that actually really (laughs) yeah it it was you know it's real it's really true i mean my family kind of uh isn't down with a lot of the things that i believe in and like to the point where it's like speaking different languages sometimes so i've given up uh, to some degree, because I also think like it's important to let people find truth in their own way. And I don't ever want to push anything on anybody because I think that, if anything, just turns people away more than anything. So, yeah. you know, I, I just, I do genuinely feel sometimes like my family thinks I'm crazy. And this summer, when I told them, like, in excitement, pure excitement, like I got a job working for Sam Tripoli, like all this great stuff's happening. And they were kind of like, who's Sam Tripoli, you know? (laughs) So that's when I was like, oh, my family thinks I'm crazy. Like that's, you know, (laughs) so that's how that kind of came together. And I have Sam to thank because he's such a big inspiration to me and so many people. Like he really, really is. And he's helped me kind of have the financial opportunity to kind of build my own podcast by having like this freelance job where I'm able to do this and other part-time jobs. And and now, as you guys know, I've built this podcast cooperative that you guys are a part of. I'm happy to have you guys on our website. I don't know if you've checked out the page I built for you guys yet. Just uh, did last night after you, after you mentioned it on a, I feel like on Alex's show, we checked it out and it looks slick, man. I actually sent them both links because yeah, I'm awesome. like, wow, this looks professional. Is uh, Tony helping you with that With uh, from the confessionals? I saw something. I don't know what made me think that, but did Tony help? Oh, hang on. He's, let me admit you on this other side here. Oh, he's transitioning? I'm transitioning. Here's the transition. <laughs> I think there's a delay. Tony too, is a part so of it. it helps. Yeah. Yeah, I think this will alleviate the delay. And I'm sorry for the listeners if I've been coming in choppy at all. I mean, you know. No, actually, is... the audio is sounding fine. You you froze up a little bit with a funny fucking look on your face. Our but... listeners don't <laughs> give a shit. Don't worry. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, that's so weird to see two of you. Okay. Oh, I yeah, there was a delay on that better. side. <laughs> yeah. How about now? Nice. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. Is this way better? Yeah, I think there's less of a delay, I too. So. I hope there's less of a delay. I didn't realize you were on the East Coast. Where are you at? Yeah, I, I live in uh, Connecticut, actually. That's like, like I said, I, I met Sam in, in New York City uh, that time. That's cool. Yeah, but it's nice to see you guys now because on that other, on the tablet, I couldn't see you guys. But Oh, oh shit. Are we, on, <laughs> are we on Rockfin? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not yeah. not live. I, I'm not ready for live yet. I, I got to figure out a bunch of shit first. So right, I'm going to leave it to post-production and then move to live videos. So I'll let you know if we go live. It's a work in progress. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Let me, let me stop my, my video for a second so we can catch up here. But yeah. So um, where were we? I mean, a lot of, a lot of things, I think building up to this whole topic of synchronicity, Um, But, you know, one of the things maybe we can, unless you have a question before I ramble into another. No, go for it. Yeah. So I, you know, when I was when I was young, I was growing up with this kind of curiosity, imagination, kind of really I had the freedom to kind of be in that state of mind a lot. And I'm grateful for that. But one thing that happened is like I became very disillusioned with the state of things and the way society tells us and the narrative we're given, you know, tells us what we are, why we're here, who we are, those kind of questions, you know? So it's always been on my mind to go into this type of stuff, but it wasn't until I first smoked weed that I had this kind of perspective shift. It was almost like the slate was wiped clean and I was able to look at the world with new eyes. And, and I feel like I, I rejected spirituality for the larger part of my younger life. And then as I 
began to really realize what was happening to me when I was smoking weed, I, I was connecting with my higher self. And some people who are more scientific might be like, oh, well, you're delusional, you're high, you know, but yeah. I, I think that the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system in our body, you know, just hints at the fact that like, there's a reason why cannabis has this great effect on us. And it, and I think there's a reason why it's also associated with spirituality throughout time. I mean, I had Chris Bennett on my podcast who talked about how religions throughout history have used cannabis and other psychedelics. And so long story short, I think cannabis was definitely uh, pivotal to this for me. But another thing that was very interesting was when I was in college. I was studying anthropology. It was community college uh, uh, around the same campus as Yale University, right? So I go down to the green. It's kind of in the center of New Haven, which is not a big city by any means, but it's a pretty populated city. A lot of people live there. And the green was very like tumultuous. It was right after uh, the Occupy Wall Street thing just happened so there was a lot of people like living on the green uh like the year before i got there for school so there was this kind of radical energy in the air on the green and i was just enjoying like my time in between classes by going there and rolling up a joint or a blunt and smoking and one day i have uh this uh, sitting bull t-shirt on right it's a picture of sitting bull on my t-shirt i probably got it from the mall or something and this guy walks up to me his name is amos right and he introduces himself and he says he likes my shirt because he's native american you know and he introduces himself he's from southwest uh united states like arizona area and um we get to talk in and one thing led to another and we start like, you know, he sells me like a little nickel bag here and there and we smoke together, you know, I'm like, I can expect to see him at that park. So I build this kind of friendship with him, you know, just at the park, you know, didn't really go outside of that for the first couple of weeks I knew him, but he starts telling me like why he moved to New Haven. And he's like, yeah, man, I, you know, I really had to pay some retribution because I wronged my tribe. I wronged my family. I dishonored my family and my past life in Arizona, you know, where I was. So I came to New Haven and he said he came to New Haven because Skull and Bones had robbed the grave of one of his ancestors, Geronimo, right? One of the fiercest warriors in Native American history. I mean, historically, someone who never gave up, you know. That, very that's not strong. a grave you want to rob, was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, a guy named Prescott Bush, the grandfather of uh, George H. or uh, George W. Bush, the uh, father of George H. W. Bush, uh, was actually one of the guys who did that, was a part of that. So, yeah, this happened, and um, his grave was robbed his skull and femur bones were taken to new haven and after multiple times of different tribes coming to yale to partition to get their remains back from their family member their tribe member their ancestor yale you know over and over rejects their attempts and even once i think before world war one maybe world war world war ii era this tribe came and they gave them a child's skull and a child's skeleton bones and thought that that would pass as like, you know, oh yeah, just take this and leave. You guys don't know what his skull looks like anyways, kind of thing. Like they knew it wasn't the right remains. So, you know, Yale's had a history of this kind of really weird stuff and that brought it to me in a firsthand way you know like it's one thing to find this in a meme it's one thing to read it in a book but like to have amos there teaching me things about native american culture and like also telling me this like very visceral reason for him to take this journey here uh you know it, it just it, it really inspired everything i've done since and, and i've made the commitment to myself to kind of be 
on the side of the greater good and spreading truth and looking for the truth. And I think that's kind of where the synchronicities line up is like when you put yourself in the position to give back to the universe, the universe gives to you. And some people interpret that as the creator. Some people interpret that as God, you know, but I think the universe being kind of this all encompassing word for everything, that's just something I like to use so I don't offend anyone, but you know, I, I think, you know, it's the creator is, is what Amos talked to me about because that's what native Americans generally believe is that we were created. And I think a lot of indigenous cultures believe that around the world that, that we're, you know, the product of a creator. And I think even when you look into consciousness and everything we've learned with the, studies that Rupert Sheldrake has done and others like him consciousness I think really came first and is the key to this whole human mystery you know so yeah I do have a question for you uh so what was it that did Amos end up telling you what he had done to wrong the tribe it wasn't anything uh against the tribe it was something that led him to go to prison maybe like uh selling drugs or be because he was like a biker type dude and you know like just kind of like in that group and and just going to prison was like something that he felt was one of their like breaking one of their tenants like if you go to jail you're doing something yeah just in general like dishonor you know he felt like he had been dishonorable and i you know i think he personally would be able to elaborate on that way more than i ever could because this was uh, several years ago since i've seen him i saw him a couple years after we had had that kind of time of of getting to know each other and him teaching me you know a lot of things really more than just the skull and bone stuff i mean at that point in my life i was looking for some kind of guidance in the spiritual realm and he offered that you know he taught me some things that really have stuck with me and not in like a you know end all be all i'm the truth kind of way but in a very like yo yoda kind of like this is the path now get to it and leave me alone kind of way like you know and and that was great that's what i needed and i credit him a lot i'm sure people have listened to me on other podcasts are probably like yeah we heard this story before but you know i think the synchronicity is what's the key line through it so maybe we could talk about that like what are your guys's thoughts on on synchronicity have you experienced synchronicity uh with your podcast and, and creating this podcast uh, definitely. It's been For one sure. synchronistic thing, but we were just talking about that actually before we started. So there's a synchronicity. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Uh, Dogecoin has gone way up and I know you don't like current events and shit, but it was just it's weird. Right. She, she bought like, what? Uh, yeah, so I, I opened a Robinhood just, account. Yeah. Just tell the whole story. So I opened a Robinhood account just yeah. for fun. And my goal was to buy a shitty low priced, um, cryptocurrency i was like oh i want to buy the shittiest cryptocurrency ever like on earth and so i opened it up and i i I just googled crypto on robin hood and it was like bitcoin ethereum and the third one was doge just d-o-g-e and i was like what the fuck is that but it was 0.008 cents so i was like oh cool this is shitty i'll buy this shitty thing and it was the exact same day that the influencers went on reddit and were like let's get doge to a dollar or whatever the fuck they were doing and I have a thousand dollars now. Like I invested a hundred bucks, and I was just like, "I'll put a hundred bucks in there, whatever." And it's at a, like eleven hundred fifty right now. Like it's insane. Yeah. But it was just a I random. I heard it went like, from just... like one cent to twenty cents, right? So you probably so when made I, pretty big. When I bought it, it was less than a cent. It was a fraction of a cent. It was point zero zero eight when I bought it. So I bought like wow. almost four thousand shares because I could. It was just like, "Oh, here you go, whatever." And then uh, now it's twenty five cents. So that's a pretty big difference. It was like an 858% return. <laughs> so Well, I'll tell awesome. you what, I've, I've listened to Sam's uh, Cash Daddy's podcast and I know his advice would be sit on it. Don't spend it, sit on it. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, doing. You know? That's all I've done. I've actually said it went up on Super Bowl. It went up because the influencers keep saying like, and then Elon Musk's tweeting, whatever. So I just sat on it. It went up to 400, went back down to 200. And then Monday, I think it's been at about two hundred dollars total in my account. I don't know what the values were day to day, but um, 
throughout the week, it went, my account went from $300 to $1,100 just today. And I was like, huh, okay. And it was so random. It was the same day that that happened on Reddit, <laughs> but like hours before. And I had no idea. It was so ignorant. People are like, oh, you bought Doge. That's so ignorant. It's just because of Reddit. And I was like, no, I'm even more ignorant than that. I didn't even know about the Reddit thing. Less than ignorant. Well, it would be more, so. more synchronistic if it goes up to 1000 bucks per coin because <laughs> yeah. that'll be fucking we awesome. We met on a synchronicity, too. I feel like our just our whole meeting. We met on a video game randomly that we both happened to play briefly and then happened to meet, fall in love, and get married within like six months. And this was a game that I am adamantly against playing that yeah, kind of a game like, like i fucking hate it and it. i actually blame ben for that because he set me up with that game so he's actually the cause of all of this the podcast and everything <laughs> so thank you ben. ben's the conduit wow all right i see yeah, actually, how it it's ben true. just sits back and orchestrates like with his oh yeah he's the puppet master for <laughs> sure yeah. i met ben first that's how i met joe <laughs> I on a video shit. game but yeah it was funny i actually told ben when i first met ben on the video game he was so, like, Nazi about rules on the game. And I was like, dude, fucking chill out. It's a fucking video game. And I was like, and we'd, like, bicker back and forth. And I was it's like, so true. dude, you're like the little brother I never had. I just want to put on a fucking, put you in a dress and just kick you around like like the big sister that's an asshole. And now he is my little brother-in-law. So it's super weird. Because I said that to him, like, be- before I even met Joe. Well, and yeah. the funny part is, too, is that it's not like that would actually be anything I haven't already experienced with older sisters. Um, <laughs> but when 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 uh, she was first coming out a couple of months after they had met and stuff online, um, she was going to come visit. And she asked uh, Joe something about uh, me being a Bible thumper. And uh, Joe's, Joe, Joe brings it up to me later. He goes, he goes. She asked if you were a Bible thumper. And I was all, what? He goes, yeah, I told her she was fucking crazy. Like, he's not a Bible thumper at all. And uh, I was we all, used to be. why did she think that? He goes, um, because you were, like, all about, like, discipline in like, the game that we were playing. And, like, thou the shalt rules, donate and, like, follow the rules. Every time. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, and I was all, oh, well, I mean, <laughs> that is fair. I don't fuck around. But at the same time, I'm like, no, you do whatever you want. I don't give a shit. But yeah, as far as the uh, synchros for the this show, there's been plenty of them. Just the way that we got hooked up with some of the people is kind of the same as you. Like, yeah. I didn't meet Sam Tripoli in person or anything, obviously. Uh, I met him once on Union of the Unwanted and didn't really actually get to, like, say hi or anything. But uh, as far as he everyone else, us, like... He was very, very nice. He, like, noticed that we were, like, hanging back and super intimidated. <laughs> and he, like, private messaged us. He's like... Do you guys want to talk? <laughs> he was so nice. I was like, yeah, there's so like 50,000 people on the screen. Yeah, but yeah we'll like, talk. No, you guys are, you talk. It's all good. <laughs> but uh, the, the way that know. we, uh, the way I actually got into it too was that uh, Dangerous World followed me on Instagram and I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I actually checked out their podcast and was like, oh, this is awesome. This is in the same vein of everything else I listen to. And then I messaged him a, a couple times about different things and then... He was on our first episode, uh, Ryan was, and then it just went from there because we were talking just the other day about the cross-pollination of these shows and how you have one guy on, he knows somebody else, and then we have somebody else on, they know everybody else, and all of a sudden we're in one big uh, alt-media united community, so it's pretty awesome. Yeah. There it is. Way to sum it up. Yeah, and I think that's like the, the cool thing about Sam is like he really is unknowingly uh the huge inspiration for what i'm doing with the cooperative like he knows very little of it because he's just so busy that you know my job for him as a booker is like a booker like we don't we don't like buddy buddy and talk around uh as much as you think just because i know him you know what i mean he's such a busy guy so when i do talk to him it's mostly on you know work right so but he's an inspiration because he is so supportive like you guys said you know he was messaging you making sure you felt like you could chime in which by all means you know the union of the unwanted is kind of bunch of people at once so yeah you got to get your foot in the door so to speak but i think uh I think that's like why I started this cooperative is because the union of the unwanted and Sam Tripoli, like they can only go so far and there's so much that we can do as podcasters to make uh, a difference in other people's lives. And one of the most important things is making sure that you're as a podcast 
able to put your podcast out in as many places as you can not be, you know, liable to get all your stuff wiped off the face of the earth, you know, overnight. So like things like backing up your content, things like redistributing you on all of the different platforms and keeping you in this network of people, which is ultimately supportive. Like you mentioned Tony before, Tony's one of the other podcasts, you know, on the network. Uh, I built the whole website, you know, myself really, but Tony, you know, something that he wants to do is produce people's podcasts in some way, you know, I, I don't know how publicly he wants that known, but I, I'm sure he won't care that I'm saying this. But well, like, I know he produces he, uh, he, Charlie's podcast. I was yeah. amazed to know. I didn't find that. Uh, Charlie was on like four times before I even found that out. And I'm like, oh, I, did, I thought you did it yourself. Tony does it. That's crazy. He's busy too. Yeah. And, you know, and that's the cool thing about this is like, we all have different skills we can offer people. And like, I think Tony would rather like get paid from like a cool podcast that actually listens to his podcast rather than just like open himself up on Fiverr to anybody who wants his producing skills, you know, like, so that's kind of where I want to be with the cooperative is like being able to put everybody together and, and be that supportive network that like Sam champions all the time like he's so busy that he can't do it himself but every promise he makes like he comes through you know he's a genuine dude like when he tells you he wants you on his show like i get you on his show you know what i mean like he's you know like that's how it works and i think that's what's really cool about sam and that's why i have a, the privilege of I'm really grateful that I have the privilege of working for him because he makes my job so easy by being as kind and as, as outgoing as he is, you know, so yeah. enough about, enough about all that. I mean, the <laughs> synchronicities are, yeah, a huge part of it, you know, cause that lets you know that you're, you're on the right path. I think when you start noticing the synchronicities, I think it's the universe kind of letting you know you're doing the right thing. And, and, and even when you're having moments of like, your lows you know like even in those low moments there are signs that can bring you back up because for as low as you go you can go as equally back up you know what i mean that's like, funny. Not most, perfect you know? most of the synchronicities that happen are things that are so super personal that it doesn't mean a lot to anybody else except you like I, i've told jen before there's so many times during the day when i'll be listening to a show kind of half-assed you know just listening to Sam's show or anybody else's and I'll be thinking about something totally different because I'm at work and have a certain phrase or a couple words that go through my head. And then in a second later, they say it in my ear. It's bizarre. I couldn't tell you how many times that happens during the day. I don't know what the fuck that means. It's just weird. I think it's hard too no. because I think when, as people were taught that things like synchronicities are crazy, they're not real. Coincidences. They're, yeah, it's just pseudoscience. It's not something normal. So people don't pay attention to them typically. And I think in paying attention to them, you notice them a lot more. And I think it's really, really helpful as far as like progressing down the path you're supposed to be on. But I think a lot of people just aren't paying attention. Actually, I was just about to say that exact thing because that's exactly how I am. Um, <laughs> I will literally go throughout my life and I will think something. And then, I don't know, maybe later on that day, like Joe said, a couple seconds later, uh, something will pop, something will come in front of me that basically correlates exactly what I was just thinking of. And I'm like, huh, no fucking way. All right, I'll have to go get ice cream. Uh, like, on with the day. I, I never fucking, I never give a shit about that stuff, usually. And that, that's not because I don't think that I shouldn't. It's just because that's not how I'm wired. Um, I don't, I don't pay attention to that kind of stuff ever. Like, I, I look at everything and I'm like, okay, that was a really we'll even use the terminology that was a really cool synchronicity now what oh it's just that okay and that I'm gonna that was up. that's what i mean by it's so super personal and you don't really know what to make of it you're just like that's weird and when then then you when you notice it then it keeps happening and you're like what are you trying to tell me there universe great spirit god creator explain things to people and then your family thinks you're crazy right that's why i don't say anything here's one that did jog me and this is what i was texting to joe the other day was um, I had had this really vivid dream and I don't typically dream very much. And when I do, it's one of those, I woke up and went, ah, fuck, I just lost it. So <laughs> I had woken dreams. up and I, I could vividly remember the scenario. And I had just been listening to a YouTube video that had to do with this the night before. And so usually current things that are going through my brain don't influence my dream that much. 
And I've even like tried to dig deep and be like, well, did it influence it? And maybe it's just masking itself in its presentation. And so I'll try to like kind of dig deeper on it. And usually it just doesn't like uh, I know a lot of people that the second they start a new job within three nights, they're dreaming about that job and like how they're stressed out at work and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't do that at all. Like I'll start a new job. And when I clock out, I'm like, well, I don't know if I fucked up, but I guess I'll find out tomorrow. Um, so those type of things don't usually happen with me with dreams. Well, I've been watching this video the night before. And then that night it was this very vivid thing of like, what I was worried about watching this video coming true. And I remember the next day I was telling Joe, I was like, yeah, I have this really crazy dream. And he's like, Ooh, tell me about it. He's like, I want to, he's like, I like, uh, you know, trying to dig deep in that stuff. So I did, I texted all of it out to him and, uh, he was like, well, you know, it could have been this, it could have been, uh, you know, maybe a, a bigger scale of, of this, that, and the other. And I'm like, fucking maybe i don't know at the end of the day i i look at it and i'm like that's some crazy shit but like you said it's super personal i could write that in a book and everybody would be like okay you had a dream that's Good why job. i always say that like a, a psychedelic trip or any you know or a dream they're kind of the same thing when you try to explain them to somebody it's hard to get across because you could picture it in your mind but it's more the feeling behind it you know or the whatever you were sensing and at the time in the dream that you can't really say to people. It's like an emotion that you're feeling. And this is, this is beautiful because I think maybe if Ben's open to it, I might have a solution for why what sounds to me like maybe a little bit of nihilism in the sense that like, well, I notice synchronicities, but what are they doing for me? Right. Cause I think you have a point there. Like a lot of people might be in that relationship with, the messages they're receiving if you want to consider the messages but i don't well really quick uh i i wouldn't consider myself nihilistic um i think i i think well i was gonna say i maybe just your take on synchronicity uh, i meant just just that one particular thing i I don't mean to call you that's what i was gonna say no that's what i was gonna say is i i definitely in the way that my brain works I would say that I have a lot of nihilistic tendencies. I wouldn't necessarily say that even the tendencies are as much of a belief, a belief system or something that is conjured from that as much as it is. That's kind of like just the way my brain is hardwired. I go through life just kind of having those kind of tendencies. And, and let me elaborate on what I'm about to say, because maybe we can uh, loosen that up because I I agree with it. And I don't mean to say you're nihilistic. I really meant your take on how you presented that was kind of felt nihilistic. So what naming consciousness, right? And this isn't, you know, my idea. This is something I've had the the pleasure of learning from Michael Wan, who after being on my podcast, uh, he invited me like, you know, since I was traveling through his state to stop at his place, I stopped at his place, I stayed the night and he and I had, you know, a bunch of conversations and he did this kind of like biomancy reading is what he calls it, which is essentially like a, a reading your chart and mixed with some tarot type stuff. So aside from that, I think what happens with the naming consciousness is like we, we take these words and we apply them to things that are not real and it's almost like taking water out of a river and holding it in a bowl it's still water but you've lost the force behind it you've lost the movement behind it so constantly we're taking our world around us and we're picking it up and analyzing it in this cup and it becomes less of what it was once we put a name or a word on it right so with synchronicities they almost do kind of lose their value if we find patterns where there are none i think where synchronicities really benefit us is in looking back on our lives and saying like wow like that lined up there and that lined up there so what does that teach me about how to move forward because all we have is the moment. And I think a lot of our symptoms of society are based on our relationship with time. Like we have the moment we're in and if we're too much thinking about the future, we become anxious, right? Or if we're too much thinking about the past, we become depressed or regretful or ashamed or many of the other things that are associated with the traumas of being in this physical carnation, which is, I believe, a decision we all make to incarnate here and 
take on this lesson of being a human being in this third dimensional reality and also bridging that with dreams and hallucinations. I think when we dream, we, we do enter into this realer version of reality that's at that higher frequency that exists on that spectrum of light that our eyes can't see and the spectrum of sound that our ears can't hear. And I think that when we dream, something about our subtle body enters into that realm of higher flexibility and plasticity. And I think that that's where the power of dreams comes from is because at the same time, we're existing in two worlds. So the messages of the dream world are a reflection of what's going on in the physical world, just like the physical world is a reflection of what's going on in the dream world. Yeah. Right. So I think the, the, the interesting thing about synchronicities is when you notice them, that's telling you something because in noticing them, you're engaging with an awareness of your environment that goes past the matrix of words that we've been given and taught, right? Because it's something that transcends idea. It's a feeling that's associated with the future and the present and the past simultaneously. It's almost like deja vu. Like before you feel a synchronicity, you feel a deja vu. That's kind of how I come to think of it over the past few weeks is like maybe deja vu is just like a synchronicity before you know what a synchronicity is, you know? It's like a deja vu of a deja vu. <laughs> <laughs> maybe That's an inception I mean, shit. now you're talking about like uh what's that movie uh with the like the little spinning top uh oh, fuck. oh. i never remember things like this you know uh inception that's what oh, it oh yeah so that's what exactly what i think deja vu is so i think that deja vu I think you're supposed to be on a certain path, but we can't know the path, obviously, because we might stray from it or do whatever. So I, I used to say when I was young that when you die, you get to go back and relive your life. And when there's a big change or a big event that's going to happen, you have to make a decision and you only get to know a glimpse of it because you can't know all of it because it would totally influence your decision. So you get to have a, a blip of a moment and that has to be a signal for you to know something big is coming and you have to make the right decision. And that's what I used to say when I was little. I don't it's know, like it's a, a cosmic ringtone. I've, I've, like, hey, no. I've tried to adapt it now that I'm older and think, you know, I don't know if it's when you die, you get to come back and relive it, maybe. But I think we're on this path and I think there's breadcrumbs dropped for us. Like, hey, this is where you're supposed to be pay attention or don't, but it's going to be a big difference in your life depending on what you do from this moment on. Because if you think about it, deja vu is either something that definitely already happened or it's your brain making you think that something already happened, which is also equally insane. So I don't know which is weirder. I like <laughs> to think my idea is a little bit less weird your idea is cool because if your brain can just make you think that something happened that didn't that's that's absolutely batshit crazy so i think that it's something like a little breadcrumb dropped like hey something big's coming pay attention i think you should first of all aside take that sound clip of you saying that's batshit crazy and work it into the intro of this show somehow because that was <laughs> beautiful and then second on that whole thing i think it's so interesting about this new like field of psychonautics, right? Is you have these like two camps of people. You have people who are like, yeah, man, you're going into the ethereal and you're meeting spiritual beings. And then you have this like more analytical type of person who's like, well, actually your brain is having a chemical reaction and like everybody sees the machine elves and the machine elves just exist in your brain because, you know, you grew up watching Christmas movies. So elves are, you know, some some explanation of it that exists within their paradigm. Right. But God damn it. I had an explanation for deja vu, you fuck. <laughs> Was did it involve machine elves? <laughs> no, because that also sounds batshit crazy. Uh, no, <laughs> the way it. the way that I heard <clears throat> the medical uh, thing that 
I had heard, and this was some time ago, I couldn't quote, quote you a source on it today, but um, was that basically from what you are seeing to when you're, because let me backtrack this. Um, so you know how back in, I think it was World War II when they started it, um, they started putting the subliminal cuts, which is where that entire kind of idea of the sub subliminality and things like that of uh, putting one frame of a subliminal cut and it would be like a popcorn and Coke. And they would put one of those over the top of a movie on the reel. And so your mind wouldn't actually know that you saw a Coke or popcorn, but you would start thinking about it without you realizing visually that you saw it. So the way that I heard Deja Vu explained was that there is a momentary lag between what your brain is processing and what your eyes are seeing. And so when you're processing it, it's actually like a fraction of a second behind what you have already seen, which just happened. And so therefore your brain is thinking like, I've seen this before, but it's actually because you just got done seeing it and it's trying to sync back up from what you saw to what your brain is processing. That's a great that explanation, the, you know, dude, that, except that wouldn't that happen constantly then? No, not all. Well, no, but, not not with the milliseconds and, that you're used to processing and seeing, though. It's obviously a larger lag than that. So it's a short but, out, like you're shorting out for a second. On a, but on a, on a mechanical level, I think, you know, if we were to look at things physically, that may very well be true. But when you stack up the fact that there is meaning behind these moments, it transcends this kind of mere physiological trait of the human mind because it's like, well, why is it only happening when I see that red door? You know, it's like Joe said before, it's extremely personal. So we can't just quantify it by yeah. saying like, well, everybody has a synchronicity when they see a duck, you know, like it, it's dependent on the subjective experience. Right. So like, but what you're saying though, about the Coke and the, and the suggestibility, I think what's so interesting is like, Carl Jung, which I'm sure you guys have heard of before, Jungian psychology, and he's like really a huge figure in psychoanalysis. And he was, amongst other people, in, you know, Edward Bernays being inspired by Sigmund Freud. But Carl Jung, like we talked about on our False Flag show uh, yesterday night, he inspired this guy, Alan Dulles, you know. So there has been a lot of thought put into manipulating the human mind and making us change sure. our perception and inserting disinformation. And I certainly think that exists within the new age community, you know, that like, especially in the ufology, you know, UFO community, there's a lot of like weird ties to the deep state where you're just like, why is this, you know, who's making money off of all this? Well, and I so, feel like I should clear something up with that being said, because I think that was a really good segue to, what I probably should have prefaced all this with. I am not as non red pilled as honestly, I would probably like to admit um, as a result of us starting the show. And I've said it a million times there. Joe texted me, I think it was in February and said, is there anything that you would say is different from how you see things last year to how you see things this year? And I would credit all of how I see it to what happened last year in our world but more importantly, what followed that with our podcast, I have been, quote unquote, red pilled so many goddamn times on this show to things that I would never think about to where I look at it now. <laughs> you guys laugh every time I say that because of assholes um, that every time every time we have somebody on, it, it's not necessarily the point that I believe every single thing that comes across legit bats desk. It's the fact that when I hear it, I am now at a point of open mindedly entertaining it as possible which i was never I, I was never used to be like that i'm very cut and dry usually very black and white about things most um, people are that's why we I laugh though, you ben, because you were so <laughs> you were like adamant that you were like nope i will listen i'll be nice you were always nice about it you were never a jerk. i wasn't always nice he had the same well, attitude as synchronicities where he Sometimes would be like and be that's like... over now so i'm gonna forget about it <laughs> but you were like so... i'm not gonna believe this crazy ass fucking dude and then you'd be like Hmm, that was interesting. And that's where you'd leave it. But still. 
it was right and that's the cool thing about this is like you know i commend you for that ben and i think you know podcasting offers that choice to people like if you don't like what you're listening to turn it off and find something you do like and there are so many perspectives out there to engage with that i think ultimately if you use enough of your own reasonability and intuition you'll find your truth and that might not agree with someone else's truth but i think when it comes to like things like consciousness there's a sort of inherency to it all that well, like, we'll that's all find exactly the same right. truth. You know? That's exactly right. That's what the that's consciousness in and of itself, perfect synchronicity. We're talking about consciousness, and yet that's exactly what I'm talking about with what has happened to me. Uh, that's exactly what happened is that I feel like I became a lot more conscious conscious to the world around me that was going on that I had never really delved into. I don't listen to podcasts. It's not my thing. I'm also not a person to listen to what I like to listen to. I would prefer to listen to something or talk with somebody about something that I 100% don't agree with because I like that kind of perspective shift. I want to hear something from another side that I don't think so that I can get a different perspective on it. But that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to, you know, I'm going to latch onto it. However, in this community, I, I've been able to legitimately say that some of my core beliefs have definitely not necessarily been removed, but altered a lot. Uh, we've talked about deja vu before, and I do think uh, more than likely, depending on your stance of what you think it is, um, I think that Jen had a pretty good idea on it when she said, I almost think that it's a glimpse of something very similar that happened in a previous life that maybe you're remembering in that moment, and it kind of parallels whatever it is that you're doing. And I told her, I said, I can actually kind of get on board with that because I don't know how many people I've talked to who have all said, yeah, there's been times where I've gone through deja vu. And as soon as I realize it's deja vu, I remember the ending, but then it doesn't end up happening the way that I remember. And I can remember specific phrases to the ending of a current deja vu situation. And then it doesn't happen that way. And I'm like, no, no, no. I remember this happening before. And I remember this person saying that, and then it doesn't happen that way. So I think that she was onto something with the idea that it may have paralleled in a past life, something uh, that maybe you did similarly. But to me, the idea of saying fucking past life blows <laughs> my mind because that's not something I would ever normally even talk about. Okay. He's yeah, come a long I, way. I definitely, you know, this this is interesting because it brings up a conversation I had today with a guy who wrote a book called Pop Magic. His name's Alex Kazami. He's a pretty interesting dude. He's about my age. And he uh, had a pretty long conversation with me earlier this afternoon. And one of the things that came up was astrology. And I told him my chart because, like I said, Michael Wan read my chart he printed it out for me and we had this great conversation about it so it was on my mind and alex brought it up and he looked at my chart and he said oh in your past life which again like you ben i'm not exactly warmed up to the idea of it i believe in reincarnation but i don't necessarily believe that someone else is going to tell me about my past life right but he tells me like oh in your past life you were a taurus you made the decision to come into this life as a Scorpio North node, because you're trying to have a uh, greater spiritual understanding. And in your past life, you had a lot of hedonism, you know, and that spoke to me so much, like on a big personal level. And I don't need to go into like my whole history, but like, that's just like, it really spoke to me, you know, like, and I think on that level, we can use these kind of hints to help, shape the direction of our future because that's what it's really all about when you align your goals with the greater good so that you're not self-driven you're whole driven right you're driven to contribute to the whole and through that you will benefit and i think that's such an important concept to believe in or, or have faith in because uh, you know it's like when uh you know when i was young a really close friend of mine told me this thing. And, and like I said before, I was never really into religion. It kind of turned me off when I was younger, being raised like a Roman Catholic. But she said to me, this, this girl, Rose, who gave me the first crystal ever uh, that I ever owned, uh, she said, you know, she was much older than me. She's like, anytime I've ever felt like I was hungry, you know, I prayed to God. And within that week, I was in someone's house 
and there was a meal on a table in front of me, you know, and that stuck with me. Like the fact that like she was kind of not even like that vow of poverty, like, but like just that kind of feeling of like, I'm safe in this universe because I have faith that I'm in a supportive universe. Like the universe isn't out to get me. Like this is a, the place we're in supports life. It's not antithetic to life. And I think when you really know that to the core and treat the world in that way, that like we're being supported by this symbiosis of our biosphere and, and we can take part in that and that will benefit us, right? So I think, I do, well I, think I do finally kind of understand what you're talking about with the synchronicities then is if you're if you're finally looking at the world as something that works with you instead of working against you, you start to start realizing and understanding and appreciating the things that support that. Where if you can see your universe speaking to you in that super personal way, like Joe was talking about, it kind of just adds validity to the idea that, oh, I'm no longer fighting a universe that's now out to hold me down. I am now talking with a universe or at least communicating in some way with a universe that's showing their support for what I'm trying to do. If I'm catching your drift. I love it, Ben. I mean, I think that's, you know, something that you verbalize that best suits how you understand things. And I'm glad that you have come from a place of like, not really being vibed by this. And now you're kind of vibing with it in your own way. And I that's don't fucking the, vibe, dude. Well, that's <laughs> the point, though, is 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 that you find, you know, something that works for you. So I'm glad I was able to facilitate this better understanding of, of synchronicity because yeah that's one way to explain it for sure i definitely think that's a good way to understand it and yeah I, i'm no expert you know I'm, I'm 26 years old and the universe is unraveling to me the same way it does anyone else who tries to find answers you know i think that's what's also important it's like i'm not special i'm just tapped into my intuition and i think everybody has that same potential you know oh yeah oh for sure I when do you turn 27 Oh God! In October. <laughs> oh, Scorpio, what day? He said. You said you're a Scorpio, right? No, no, that's my North Node. My Sun oh. sign is Libra. Nice. So am I? Yeah, October 11th is my birthday. October 17th. Okay, very cool. Yeah, we're we're in the teens of October. 17's a cool number. One plus seven equals eight, and eight is like infinity. It's a number of prosperity. It's yeah, it's cool. Plus that's 17 no is Q, but that's a different show entirely. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say, Joe? I said it's 17 Q. is Q, but that's a totally different oh, show. Jesus Christ. <laughs> is Ben Q? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I wish. That'd be fun. The, the uh, CIA is on the way to his house right now. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, yeah, because with being a part of the DOD, they don't know at all where I'm at. Yeah. Welcome to the year 2025, where the 17th letter of the alphabet is completely stricken from the record. I mean, if we got rid of that not that letter, how many words would be lost? Not that many. I how mean, would you, you spell have to quit? Use a U every time. Yeah. K W I T. Who are named Quinn? Like, what the fuck? That would suck. Now you gotta you gotta re change the spelling of that shit. It's still the same amount of letters. They're like, sorry, yeah. honey, we have to change your name because Q is illegal now. Instead That's of Quinn, like we're going to name you something that doesn't suck. Right? Pluto's totally Well, it's like hotels so taking out a 13th floor. Like, they've literally been doing yeah. that for a long time. It's like, okay, but it's still the it's 13th The 14th floor. floor is still the 13th floor. I've never understood that Yeah, now that you either. just screwed me up because now I'm like, is it the real 13th or the 14th 13th? Like, which one are you putting me on? Yeah. Right. Well, Did they build they the can't... 13th floor and they just go up past it? I think some of them they do. Don't, <laughs> they don't want you to know what goes on on the 13th floor, so they renamed it the 14th floor. That's what it is. <laughs> Probably. Well, but, thanks for yeah. joining us, Mark. Do you have uh, anything else you want to cover? Are you uh, good? To, I know it's late over there, and you already did two shows today, so I don't want to keep you. No, I thank you so much for having me. Like uh, you know, we said in the beginning, it's been like a synchronistic kind of meeting and ron from new england i can't forget to mention him because he was a huge proponent of you guys he loves you guys and he's told me a bunch of times like you gotta do a show with john and jen from joe and jen from legit <laughs> ron's <Bat."> awesome <laughs> you know yeah. he's like you gotta do a legit bet you know with his new england accent and i'm i'm from Aww. connecticut but we didn't get an accent for some reason in this state i, I it, it only comes up in certain words you know no but, we love ron and uh, everybody check out his new show it's great I, he has yeah. two or three episodes out now wicked planet podcast check him out he'll probably be on a, a rockfin channel 
very soon, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, and then likely. people can check my show out at myfamilythinksomecrazy.com. We have our own website, and from there you can find everything, our Patreon, and all that good stuff. We have like I think 25 or 30 exclusive episodes now behind our paywall. So if you do get the Patreon, you'll hear us joking around a bit. And I leave all the uncensored uh, episodes there because I don't censor, but I do edit around stuff. So if you like like the raw uncut video of this, then you can get that on my Patreon. Uh, And then obviously Alt Media United, uh, you guys are there. My show's there and a bunch of other cool shows are there. So uh, when is this coming out? You think like in the next week or so? This episode? Like I'll put it out tonight. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, we're really in the early stages of our podcast cooperative, as you know. So I'm not really like in the mode of like promoting it too much, but people can check out the website while it's still in the works. I mean, I'm updating it every day. So yeah, please. And also they can sign up for the newsletter there and stay up to date uh, as more podcasts join every day. I just got uh, my Maria triple seven. Uh, she's down with the with Alt Media United and uh, the Grimerica show and Cheney, f- who's starting her new podcast on uh, 420. So, yeah, awesome. a lot of cool things are, are coming with Alt Media United. And again, it's been a pleasure uh being on your show guys i really appreciate it we appreciate you coming on thank you so much thanks for coming on man we will uh talk to you soon all right have a good night all right man you too Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.